It's Jim and it's Friday the 5th of January 2024 and this is season 12 of Uncle Jim's World of Bonds, uh, breaking the iconic anti-war comedy series MASH's record which ran for a mere 11 seasons. Um, just looking at some of the characters, Radar O'Reilly, Frank Burns, uh, Hawkeye Pierce, Margaret, Hot Lips, Houlihan, etc. Anyway, I enjoyed that, but it only could cope with 11 seasons. We're on to season 12 now. If you're wondering what you missed at the end of December while you're out team building with colleagues or visiting relatives, then here's a quick roundup of what the real hardworking people of the world of Bonds were up to whilst you frolicked in the snow. In short, everything rallied apart from the US dollar, which didn't, and we saw an incredible turnaround in global bond markets. So in the middle of October 2023, um, a short couple of months ago, the Barclays Bloomberg Global Aggregate Bond Index, a sort of um, mix of all the bond markets around the world, although it does have a, a dollar high grade focus, that was down 4% year to date. It finished 2023 up about 6%, so a 10% turnaround from October to the end of the year. Now, looking at the ever useful Deutsche Bank review of all asset class performances for 2023, here are some of the highlights uh, if, you're, if you're about to write your, your year-end reports. So US Treasuries were up 4.1%, uh, EuroGovies did even better, up 7.2%, probably reflecting the, the weaker growth outlook in Europe. There was a big turnaround, big, big rally in buns towards the end of the year. US credit uh, did better than governments, uh, so we saw spread compression as well as carry. Uh, US corporate sex financials were up 8.8%, and at the, the riskier end of financial credit, sub-financials were up about 9.2%. High yield did even better. Um, there are expectations that default rates go up in 2024, uh, but not to levels that um, are particularly worrying markets at the moment. You can see by the fact that US high yields up nearly 13% last year. And the other risky asset class in bonds, EM bonds, they were up 12.3%, but a big bifurcation really within the emerging market universe. So if you look at Asia, which obviously includes um, China adjacent risk and China property and so forth, didn't have a, a very good year at all. But Asia emerging market bonds were up 5.5%. Latin American emerging market bonds were up 27.6%. So a big disparity there. I say this was actually about sovereigns rather than credit, but it really was the, uh, the view that Asia significantly underperformed um, Latin American uh, bonds over the period. Emerging market FX, i.e. the currencies, were up about 3%, so not dramatic performance from the currencies. Um, it was mainly about uh, the sovereigns doing well over the course of the year, so a lot of that was duration effect. Within equities, you all know about the Magnificent Seven, and so the S&P was up 26%, the Nasdaq led the way up 45%. Poor old FTSE 100 here in the UK was very much a laggard in global markets, uh, although even then it was up nearly 8%. The, the biggest bond market, uh, the biggest sorry equity market that was down was again in Asia, it was the Hang Seng, which was down about 10.5% over the course of the year. Uh, 
commodities were down and that's obviously a significant factor in what's gone on with headline inflation and the fact that headline inflation is heading down in most uh, developed market economies in the fours and threes not down to the twos yet but really uh, fours and threes and if you looked at the short term numbers we, we would see um, annualized rates of 2% in many developed market economies too. So the headline is leading the way. Um, if you looked at CRB index, which is a sort of mix of all the commodities, that was down 8%. Oil down 10%. Obviously, energy has been a major factor in European inflation in, in particular, but around the world. Um, and we did have one exception in commodity world, which was gold, which was up about 13% over the course of this year. But generally, the commodity story, both food and energy, has helped the inflation picture and helped people like Rishi Sunak achieve his goal of halving inflation over the course of last year. Obviously, there is a bit of a risk, in my view, to the end of this year when um, you know we've, we've had a year of lower commodity prices so um, there is a risk that if we saw an oil shock or so forth, then we'd be back into the same sort of talk that we were a couple of years ago with those headline inflation numbers coming up again. So in a way, this is always going to be a risk that uh, high inflation bakes in the cake, low inflation the year after and low inflation the year after kind of bakes in the cake some higher in, uh, inflation risks the year after that. But nevertheless, um, a good news story generally for consumers and businesses over the course of 2023. Right, let's talk about currencies. The dollar, as I said, had a very, very poor end to the year as those rate expectations collapse um, in the US. And we'll talk about those rate expectations later on. But we saw a big sell off in the dollar in both November and that accelerated into December. And um, so dollar was down 2.1%. It had been up. Uh, the yen was the worst developed market currency over the course of the year. That was down 7% over the course of the year versus the US dollar. Um, uh, but it did have a very, very strong end of the year, which is partly reversed, as a lot of these moves have in the opening week of 2024. But the, the yen moved down from 152 to 141-ish over the course of uh, the last few weeks of 2023. Cash did okay. It was a, a good place to be. If you couldn't think of anything else to do, you would have been better off in anything else. But at least you you beat inflation just about. So US Treasury bills returned 5.1%. And that's actually the highest return for US cash, US Treasury bills for about 23 years. So a uh, decent return there. Right. It definitely feels, though, that the massive year-end moves, particularly in bonds, but in everything, was uh, partly a technical-driven move, low levels of liquidity, people thinking that they're wrongly positioned and scrambling you know, to get back into position. Certainly, people have talked about hedge funds being caught very much offside um, in terms of duration. Lots of people in the hedge fund world in particular, and I'm not saying I disagree with this, um, it's something we've talked about a lot, but a lot of people talking about the sheer supply of um, government bonds and whether markets have the capacity and appetite to take that down in coming months, years and decades. And so I think a lot of hedge funds and that kind of investor has been aggressively short and that was very, very painful at the end of the year. Um, but once that technical is out of the way and people have covered shorts and liquidity comes back for the new year 
it probably explains why we're seeing the reversal of uh, probably about half of December's big move in government bond yields lower. So US Treasury 10-year bonds, they got down to 3.8% in the last week of 2023. They're now back up at 4.03%, so 23 basis points sell-off in the course of the, um, you know, the, the days since then. Um, it is undeniable, though, that the inflation story has changed materially for the better for everybody. Um, so we've seen big downside misses in CPI numbers across the world, generally both in headline numbers and in core numbers and in other measures that people like the Fed look at, like the PCE uh, deflator. So, you know, everything seems to be going the right direction on inflation point of view to get back down to central bank targets. Um, that dynamic has carried on this year. We've seen another weaker core eurozone inflation number come out over the past day. Um, and so we are ending 2023 and coming to 2024 with this soft landing story still intact and that explains really the everything rally, the idea that the economy is going to be okay, default rates are going to stay low this year, and uh, but you know the falling inflation environment is going to allow the Fed to start cutting interest rates, and so everything does well, rates, credit, high yield equities, and so forth. And actually, the economic news so far this year has probably been quite supportive of that soft landing narrative. So there's been decent retail sentiment and sales volumes around the Christmas period. Um, there's been no sign of a blip higher in jobless numbers for that high frequency data that we get there, particularly in the US. And so, you know, people aren't out of work, shops doing okay, um, mortgage rates coming down. And um, we saw, unfortunately, um, NatWest's um, Howard Davis this morning um, on the Today programme in the UK claimed that it was pretty easy for anyone to afford a, a house right now or to get on the housing ladder that's produced quite a big backlash, obviously, especially amongst uh, the, the many people who are not finding that situation. But his point is that mortgage rates are now starting to become much more affordable and that's going to, to help that bit of the market and put more cash in people's pockets, especially as there are still many people to refix mortgages um, in the UK, especially over the course of this year. So recession forecasts are postponed once more in the US, especially. I think the UK and Europe um, look much more on the brink. And remember that we are at pretty much zero growth for a year in the UK. And those quarterly numbers for both Germany and the UK are sort of hovering around zero plus 0.1 minus 0.1 kind of territory. So it wouldn't take very much to see technical recessions in, in areas of, of Europe. Anyway, I may as well start 2024 as I mean to go on and quote WIRP, your favourite, my favourite, which is the Bloomberg screen that works out Fed rate hike probabilities, or in this case nowadays rate cut probabilities. Now it looks like Ed Conway of Sky has discovered this screen. Now I saw him tweeted it out the other day. He's probably put it on the telly as well. So I feel I may have lost my edge here and you'll be able to get your WIRP action elsewhere across the journalistic world. But anyway, if we're currently at five and a quarter to five and a half on Fed funds at the moment, by the December Fed meeting in the middle of December next year, the expectation is for rates to be down at 4%. 
So roughly 125, 150 basis points worth of interest rate cuts from the Fed over the course of 2024. Now, the Fed speak this week has been a bit sceptical of that optimism from bond markets, talking of maybe higher, so a first cut coming later than market anticipates and maybe not so aggressive there. But nevertheless, that's going to be the the argument for markets for this year, the central banks versus um, the short end of, of the market is going to be the great debate. The other great debate this year is obviously going to be around elections in the UK. It looks like November the 18th is being talked about there. It could be sooner, it could be May if uh, things turn around for the Conservative Party, but looking like a November election. And obviously it will be November for uh, the US presidential elections and much more of that to come in season 12 of Uncle Jim's World of Bonds. Have a good 2024. Bye.